Today's episode of the Teach Music Online podcast is supported by Forte, a free alternative to Zoom. If you don't practice one day and you show up and instead of me give, you know, acting like our lesson is going to be a total waste of time because they didn't practice, instead sometimes they just need someone to listen for a minute on why they didn't practice and then we can get to work, you know? Hey teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online Podcast, a show where you'll find tips and strategies for growing your music studio. I'm all about automating business tasks, growing through social media, and teaching with only the best online tools. Our guest today, Christina Whitlock, runs a vibrant piano studio in Muncie, Indiana, where she teaches piano and group piano classes. Christina also is the host of the Beyond Measure podcast, where she talks about how to effectively mentor students, celebrate their accomplishments, and create amazing incentives to keep your students for years in your studio. Christina has raised her rates multiple times in the last few years in an effort to downsize her hours, but still maintain the income she desires. In this episode, we talk about how to build relationships that last with students, as well as how to effectively raise rates without losing your students. Be sure to check out her podcast as well, which we've linked in the show notes. Enjoy this discussion with Christina Whitlock. Hi, Christina. So happy to have you on the podcast. Oh my goodness, what an invitation. Thank you so much. Well, it's so fun listening to your podcast. I love, you just embrace such positivity and such amazing tips for for teachers to really enjoy what they do. And I feel like we can connect on that level where it's not easy being a studio owner, but there's so much goodness, there's so much goodness that we can embrace through the challenges and you do such a great job of that. Well, that is such a lovely compliment coming from you, Um, because I'll just tell you right now. So um, I think I'm like the rest of the world that I really came in contact with your work during the pandemic, right? And when lockdown first hit, I think you were one of the first voices that just jumped out there. And I, I just can't tell you, like online teaching was not new to me. So that part didn't frighten me. But the fact that you were so generous with stepping out and sharing what you knew and what you could do in so many ways, it I, I think all of your listeners would agree that you have such a like lovely, calm demeanor about what you do. <laughs> and I just took from you so much of like, okay, like we can do this. This is not a big deal. You know, like this is very possible. And I mean, I stayed online for, I don't know, maybe 18 months or so. And I just feel like listening to you always helped me really approach my studio families. Like, Hey, this isn't a big deal. Like this is, this is great. This is what we need to do right now. Um, and I do, I do think that, you know, the most, beneficial thing we can do for ourselves is just try to like take a positive spin on everything we're doing and anyway I just think you're a leader in that charge so thanks for throwing it back my way (laughs) oh well thank you so much I that means so much to me because when you you know when you put stuff out and you're just like is anybody listening to this (laughs) or you know and and honestly 
literally like even when I hear from one teacher that's like this this video or this podcast episode or something helped me shift my thoughts or change this or that it like that's why I do it and I'm sure that you feel the same like any small feedback it's not about for me like reaching a million people it's about like the one teacher that really needs that support so I'm so glad you were able to transition during the pandemic with ease Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you play the same game I do, but like, I feel like, I don't know, I need more positive feedback than I wish I did. And so you're so right. Like when one teacher tells you like, oh, hey, this episode really made a difference. It's like, oh, yay. (laughs) You're like, that's why I was prompted or inspired to share that, you know, like there was something, there was a reason for that, even though sometimes it's like, this is a random topic. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so tell me, I, wa- I would love to hear like what inspired your podcast. Tell our listeners a little bit about it because I think it's such a great resource for them. Well, it's yeah. Um, so it's an idea. Of course, I just listen to a lot of podcasts. And I have a personality that when I see people do something well, I just always want to do it myself. Like it's kind of a problem, but, (laughs) but so, you know, so I always would kick around, like, what would I do for a podcast? And I think I had started really thinking about it probably two years before I actually launched. And I just thought eventually, like I either have to do it or I have to really just take it off my mind because I was finding myself like, hosting episodes in my brain like all the time you know (laughs) like in any quiet moment I had I would be like talking to an imaginary audience and I was like okay it's time to do it or like let it go Um, and we were right in the middle of pandemic life and truly and you know you're gonna think I'm just kissing up to you or something but (laughs) I really I took such inspiration from people like you who stepped up and said oh look teachers have a need Um, you know let me offer what I have and so it was truly on, you know, your heels and, and the publishers and the composers and the, you know, the individuals that were just so forthcoming with resources during that time when we were all struggling so much that it was really just kind of a, hey, what do I have to offer? You know, this is the time. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, you're such a great example of that. I hear, you know, I'm helping teachers right now with course creation and creating courses and creating video content and I think a lot of them can relate to those feelings of I have something to give or you know maybe it's a guitar course or a piano course or something on a totally different subject and getting to that point where you're actually going to create it like you said you were thinking about it for two years Um, Mm -hmm. I think you and I can cheerlead those teachers and saying do it like go do it and the research and the thinking and all of that like you can never do enough of it um you can you'll never figure it out like I had the idea for the podcast and started it like two weeks later um about six months into the pandemic we thought what's the easiest way to reach people like in their ears so we just figured it out like on a weekend and just started it wow (laughs) that is incredible (laughs) but that's kind of my personality like I I just when I get these ideas I'm also very spiritual and I feel like they don't always they're not from me. And I'm like, if I ignore them, I know it's just going to keep pestering me and coming back. So why not do it? Mm -hmm. And I also believe that if we move forward and it's not right, or it's not what we're supposed to be doing, that it won't feel good. Like it'll feel like, oh, it doesn't really make sense. Or this feels too forced. 
and yeah. I can I can do something else. You know, I've had plenty of those endeavors that I don't talk about as often, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> Forte is a free alternative to Zoom, purpose built for music teachers. Forte puts you and your teaching style at the center of the educational experience. In particular, Forte offers industry-leading audio quality. This is what Zoom sounds like. Now listen to the same music recorded on Forte using the same equipment. Our mission is to empower teachers to do their best teaching online. Sign up for free and start teaching your students on Forte today. Just go to ForteLessons.com. That's F-O-R-T-E-L-E-S-S-O-N-S.com. Well, and I think to me, like what really helped get me off the ground was like, okay, so in the end, if I try it and it flops and I release five episodes and that's it and no one listens then really, what is the cost of that? You know, a little bit of pride, right? But, you know, we all need humbling experiences. Um, and I I was just blown away by the response, like, pretty much immediately, which, again, if you're in the spiritual realm, it's like, you know, that's what I needed. <laughs> the universe knew I needed that. <laughs> or I would have been all in my head about it. But, you know, really looking at what the risk was. I mean, so what? I put something out that, you know, Anyway, it just, that's the way you have to look at it. Oh, so cool. Well, I'd love to talk about some of your, some, some I guess, topics that you put out there mm-hmm. that I think are really fantastic. Sure. Um, one of them is studio retention. And you are a teacher that has amazing retention and likely a waiting list and just like the studio that people don't want to leave. Can you share, you know, if you had to, had to write down if someone were to ask you, like, why do students not, why aren't they leaving? Um, what are a couple of points or reasons why you think they stick around and they don't, you know, jump ship and go somewhere else? <laughs> well, you know, if only I could really figure it out. And <laughs> no, but I, I've given this a lot of thought because, um, you know, and I always hesitate to speak about this because I don't want it to sound like I'm super arrogant about what I'm doing. Um, but I am a very relationship first teacher. And so students know that it's a lot more than just coming to play the piano for me. Like once you sign up on my roster, like I am fully invested in you and your family. And I try to make sure, I mean, I think my family's fully realized that. And I'm in a season right now where I'm, where I'm downsizing. And so I've just, um, you know, done a big price increase and all these things. Um, and the parents who have left, I can already, like, they're already telling me like, oh, I can't believe we're going to be missing out on all of these things. So one of the other things that I kind of stumbled upon doing many, many years ago, um, I had some students who had been with me, like when I had first moved to Muncie, where I live now. Um, I had uh, two students who had been with me for five years and I was just trying to honor them in some way because they were great students. And so I started giving them a plaque of their own at five years 
And then when they had stayed on at eight years, I built this, or I had made a, like a perpetual plaque that hangs in my studio with their names. And I created this like legacy award, right? Um, And little did I know that these little small mental reminders uh, through the year were going to be really influential because I have students that come in and they see this this plaque on my wall and of course this could translate to your website or whatever um, you're doing if you're in the online environment but there's this this sense of oh I'm not just here for a year or two but no I'm going to get my name on that plaque I'm going to get called out in the studio program for this and for that and I don't know it's turned into this very funny unintentional mental reminder that piano lessons are a long game, you know, and I don't, I mean, I just, no one shows up and then just like wanders out the door. <laughs> you know, I mean, the the vast majority of my students have been here uh, now for, you know, I mean, gaining on 10 years and it is pretty rare that someone leaves before they graduate. And I live in a college town. So sometimes they hang around even after they graduate high school. So it's really terrific. Today's review comes from a Teach Music Online member, someone who sent a message to me, and this was her message. She said, I'm stuck at home this weekend, so I've been going back to the beginning of the course and working my way through phase one. I just re-listened to the mindfulness lesson. I'm sitting here in tears, tears of thankfulness, Carly, and the TMO group. I've been in nerve pain for the last four weeks and feeling discouraged. Your course literally gives me lifeline of hope and encouragement. I can't thank you enough. I thought I would share her story because I am such a believer in having a positive mindset around you, your life, and your business, and in what you can accomplish. This mindfulness lesson that she's referring to is inside phase one of the Teach Music Online course. I don't let you go through my course without understanding how to have optimism and positivity around what you can create in you in your in your business. And I know we're talking a little bit about that today in this episode. I thought this was a perfect message to share. So if you are going through a hard time or you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling like there's nothing ahead of you for your business or you feel like you've lost that fire or momentum, come and join us inside of Teach Music Online. Not only do we have courses, hundreds of videos, hundreds of replays of coaching events, but we also have an incredible community where you will get an accountability partner to be your friend and help guide you through the TMO course. We would love to have you. To learn more, go to teachmusic.online forward slash invited. Tell us about how they know you're invested. What are some things you do um, to, to let a, a new student and a parent know you're invested and that you're not just someone they see once a week? But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's kind of a, a tricky balance because you can't manage. I'm guessing you're not calling them all the time or texting them all the time, you know, because <laughs> you don't have time. So right. how do you manage that? Like, I'm invested and they know I'm invested, but I'm also not like you're not burnt out because you run a business. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you are burnt right. out and that's why you're downsizing. <laughs> uh, well, there's some truth to that. Um, However, I just feel like it's really optimizing the time that you have with them. So there's a lot of, I mean, I'm one, I encourage conversation in the studio. I tell my parents when they sign up right away, like, don't uh, dissuade your students from 
having conversation with me. You know, at first I know they always worry that their students going to like chat their lesson away. Um, and I do have ways to rein that in, but at the same time, like a couple minutes of them telling me about what happened in their school day or the soccer tournament they have coming up or, you know, the spelling bees next week or whatever, that gives me something to really kind of continually ask about. And so I think many of us have that initial, like what, one or two minutes of conversation when a student first sits down. Um, and I think that just allowing parents to understand that that's part of the process is really important for work in my studio. Um, but also, so like obviously just following up with them on things, but the other thing is really being sure that you show your student that you notice things about them. So like one of the best things you can say to a student, because it's pretty much always applicable, is, oh, now look, I know you don't like to make mistakes, right? You probably really, you know, want to do everything perfectly the first time. And, you know, I mean, that's basically all of our students. <laughs> no one really likes to make mistakes, right? Um, but yet when you say something like that to them, they're like, oh, yeah, this girl knows me, <laughs> you know? And you can say, oh, you know, or you'll pick something out like, um, oh, you panic when you don't know the, the answer right away, right? And so if I see a student that does that, I'll say, I bet you do that in school too, right? And they're always like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know? So I think when you call things out, you know, I mean, in a positive way and say, you know what I notice about you, you know, fill in the blank. I think that just helps them recognize that I'm not there just, you know, helping them punch the clock <laughs> in and out of their lesson, but that we are, you know, having a real relationship here. It's so unique to, for a child to have a one-on-one -on -one mentor. Um, yeah. Even, even like their parents, they may not get that one-on-one -on -one time if there's a lot of kids in their family. And it's, yeah. I love hearing that you're taking that time because they need it. Like they need to know they can tell you things, you know, you're not having a therapy session, but, sure. but music is therapy and, and having somebody in their life that they can, they know like, oh, I'm just so excited to go to my piano lesson versus like, ah, uh, I didn't practice, you know, no, mm -hmm. like knowing that you're a safe place, I can imagine also is a big part yeah. of your retention. 100%. There's actually a lot of research out there that says like a lot of student success is based on um, having outside influences, outside adults who are invested in you that are not otherwise related to you. There's some really interesting uh, research out there on that topic. And I just, I believe that wholeheartedly. That's one of the, thing that, <laughs> the things that convicts me about teaching my own kids, which I do. Um, but I'm also like, oh no, they need to build this relationship with someone else because it's so influential. We all know it. We know it from our own histories with our own teachers. And yeah, to have someone, you know, that is invested in you. And if you don't practice one day and you show up and instead of me, give, you know, acting like our lesson is going to be a total waste of time because they didn't practice. Instead, sometimes they just need someone to listen for a minute on why they didn't practice and then we can get to work, you know? So yeah, we have to be adaptable. I, I ran into that when I was teaching in Arizona in person and I had a lot of teenage students and mm -hmm. I wanted to be the teacher that like pushed them um, because I saw their potential and I would like not I, I wasn't rude to them at all, but I, I would kind of guilt trip them if they 
claimed to be too busy <laughs> for yep. practice. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened is a lot of them would stop showing up to lessons. Not a lot. I can think of two where they, they just, cause they were not practicing and they were embarrassed about it. And I had yeah. to kind of shift my approach with those teenagers and thinking, okay, I'm going to like put away my expectations and just say, we can still get something done during 30 minutes, even though that's not how I was taught. I believe we can, we can do something during this 45 minute lesson and have them walk away with a little more motivation. And what happened was because they enjoyed their lesson more and it wasn't like grueling, they actually ended up practicing, like it shifted when they enjoyed their lesson versus like the opposite. That makes sense. 100%. That's my experience, like to the T. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Those teenagers, you know, the the truth is, if you're the one that draws the line in the sand um, and you say, all right, I am, you know, you're either going to practice or you're not going to be in lessons anymore, they're going to leave. And then what, what music are they getting? Nothing. You know, I would rather, and this is something my adult students know really well of working with me too. You know, if this is the only piano time you get, it's not ideal. Everyone understands their progress is going to be slower, but I do think there is still progress to be had there. Um, And I would rather a teenager be sitting at the piano for 30 or 45 minutes with me each week than no minutes each week. (laughs) I mean, I'll take that. That's astronomically better, right? Yes. Yes. So you mentioned that you down, you've been downsizing. I would love to hear for, you know, it's so helpful to hear how you kind of went about that. If you want to summarize that process, um, because there are some teachers kind of stuck there where they're going, uh, either they need to charge more or, Mm -hmm. well, they need to charge more and teach less is the answer. Charge more and teach fewer students. When you get to that point where you're at around 50, 40 to 50 students, and it's just hard, especially if you're raising a family and you have other pursuits. Um, what was your thinking around that and, and strategy that you're going through right now? And how's it going? <laughs> so, well, it's, it's a really emotional process. Um, I think because I do go so all in on this relationship with my students, of course, then it kind of, you know, I felt like, oh, this makes it really hard to, you know, to downsize. Um, Because I don't want to say like dismissing them because I didn't, I had no one I actually wanted rid of, you know, I mean, I think a lot of times we have a handful of students where we're like, "Eh, if you left, I wouldn't be too heartbroken. Um, And that really wasn't the case. So I had 48 at the end of this last school year. And I just, you know, my girls are six and 12 almost. And it's I always thought that I was just going to be the teacher that powered through and I'd miss kid things in the evenings and this was just my job and this is how it was. And I, this year broke me and I was like, nope, I don't want to miss this much time with my kids. So, um, I also just, um, yeah, I just didn't want to be teaching this much anymore. And I had just gone through a pretty significant tuition raise last year. So it was a little dicey. I thought, gosh, do I want to do this again? But in the end, the alternative was, I mean, I knew I was going to cut hours. Right. And so then, and I do, I have a very hefty waiting list. It's kind of, kind of crazy. I don't even add to it anymore because it's so full and the parents are really adamant that they're trying to get in. So I thought at this point, 
do I take a pay cut just to teach less? And that doesn't seem fair to me if I have built something that is in demand and is doing good in the community, then all right. So tuition raise it was. Um, And I did also jump into the group teaching uh, atmosphere. So I have four digital pianos on their way. So I offered, you know, for a smaller increase in tuition, um, I think it ended up being maybe like an 18% increase over what they were paying for private last year. They can be in a group of four, um, or I did a 40% increase for continued private lessons. And I knew I had, I had estimated the families that I assumed were not going to be able to withstand that tuition increase. And it is, it's, it's difficult and they all handled it beautifully. I will say everyone was kind. And, um, I only had one parent that really said, I don't understand this. It feels really unreasonable. I don't get it. (laughs) But in the end, you know, I'm making the choice that I need to make for my family. And we do have financial needs that we want to meet. And, and I love teaching and apparently people think I'm okay at it. So here I go. (laughs) I love that you did that you're incorporating group as well. That'll be really a fun, a fun change for you and a fun, Mm -hmm. fun variety, I think, in your teaching. Yeah, I taught group piano in college a lot, and I just haven't for so long. So I am excited about it. I think the hard thing is that there's an aspect of it that I'm just going to have to figure out as I go. And yet I want to have everything figured out ahead of time. So you can plan and you can plan and you can plan. But in the end, it's like, all right, I have people that are willing, they're on board, and we're just going to ride the wave and see how it goes. (laughs) And they don't know the difference. They don't know the difference. They they know they right. know it's you, and they're going to be learning. And yes. I I love knowing that. Like it, it, mm-hmm. they don't know the difference. And then the other thought I had was like with your with the parent that has given you a little bit of grief. There's a a new thought that I'm embracing. I love I love mindset and like thinking about our thoughts and how they affect our emotions and our actions. And one thought that I'm embracing is it's not my business. Um, And that this thought that like we do what we can do and how people use their agency on the other end is so not my business. Like 100%. And and I don't have to feel any, anything from it. Um, Because you can carry something like that for a long time and it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. Right. Well, I always say, I mean, anything involving money, has little or nothing to do with us. Like we all have our own relationships with money. We all have our own priorities with money. So I always say there are three things I don't spend any energy on. And that is, I don't spend any energy on how people spend their money, (laughs) how they spend their time or how they parent their children, because I can't change any of those things. Right. And just removing those like from, (laughs) from my worry list is, has been so life-changing. That parenting one is a big one because of course we all know as we're working with students, we all think we know exactly what we would do if we were that child's parent. (laughs) But that's, I mean, it's, we never know the whole picture and we're just never going to change it. So just removing that one is a big one. Well, this has been so helpful and so insightful. And I feel like teachers are going to feel inspired to 
um, to, to teach differently and to think about how they teach and how they respect their students. Aww. And, you know, there is a lot in the business. There is a lot of weight. There is a lot of studio management. There's all those things. Um, yeah. I would take a moment to encourage teachers to get those things in place so that when your students show up, we can, you know, be there with them and not be worried about all the other things. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, your podcast is Beyond Measure, and they can find that anywhere, right? Right. Anywhere they they listen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christina. Thank you, Garly. This was so much fun. A huge thanks to Christina for coming on the TMO podcast today. It was such a pleasure chatting with her, and I hope that she gave you some great reminders as you start this new teaching year. Don't forget to check out her podcast, Beyond Measure, which I've linked in the show notes. Thanks so much and have a great week. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast to the 10x level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.